Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org notes. Welcome, everybody, to the Believer's Voice of Victory broadcast. I'm Kenneth Copeland. Father, we thank you and we praise you today. Lord, you said when you were on the earth that your words were not your own that it was the Father that dwells within. He does the works. Well, Lord, we believe that. And we are determined by faith to speak your words, not just our words. And we open our hearts and we open our minds to hear those words. And we bless you for it. We thank you for it. And we give you all the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, hey, go up to kcm.org slash notes. Don't forget about that and get outlines from today's broadcast. You can just work right along uh, with us. You can go back and redo the broadcast and go over them again. And uh, it just to, to help you develop in your study and in your flow because we're in the most powerful outpouring that's ever hit this planet. Amen. And it is there right now. But knowing how to flow in it is everything. Mm -hmm. David, I've, I've, I've seen this in times past in the, the, the nearly 50 years that I've been in the ministry and, and having a, a very close spiritual father in Oil Roberts and the things that, that he taught me and said to me over the years that when the glory of God would, would fall. And it, it's, it's all, God has always been there for his people. And we, we thought all the time, we was waiting on God all the time. Yeah. He's waiting on One us, us. Man. That's right. Because he, he's ready all the time. Yeah. Well, the, the glory of God would, would strike and he would rearrange things and get them back in order again. But then when people went back to their old way of thinking, it would ebb. Yeah, yeah. And there would be great new truths yeah. that were revealed and so forth. But then the church would get in a fight over, yeah. over those truths and stuff. Yeah. And it's just the devil. But we're a different generation. Um, the last, particularly the last hundred years, since 1900, 1906, outpourings of the Holy Ghost and God began to restore the truth to the body of Christ. And you come up to this present time and we've got a body of people, not only in the United States, but around the world mm -hmm. that know the word of God and they walk and live by faith and God can talk to them and God right. can direct them and God can do and say things and they'll go do and say mm -hmm. them. I don't care life or death. They go get the job done. Yeah. That changes everything. And this outpouring, instead of falling for the wiles of the devil, we, we, those of us who've been around a long time, that we can step in and say, uh-uh, now, baby, hunt, uh -uh, let's, let, let's don't go there. That's right. That That's we, right. Let's stay on the Word now. Let's yeah. stay in the Word of God, and it'll get stronger and stronger and mm -hmm. stronger. And it's been prophesied that this outpouring that would come right before the catching away of Jesus, uh, of the body of Christ, that it would be a move 
of signs, wonders, healings, and miracles, and the integrity of the written Word, yeah. living and walking by faith, living and walking in love, it would be a combination of those two, and it's been prophesied through more than one, and very, well, one, Smith Wigglesworth, for one, mm -hmm. very reliable sources, that it would never ebb. Mm -hmm that it would continue to just flow. It's already started. Pastor, Sunday school teacher, listen up. Start believing God for it in your congregation, in your church, start preaching it and it'll happen. And when it does, you better brace yourself because there's gonna be churches all over this country and all over the world. They're gonna be going to church seven days a week. You're going to have to believe God for money. You're going to have to believe God not only for the outpouring. The staff, the infrastructure, all the All stuff of that. It. That's right. And that's what we're talking about yeah. here. In God calling, uh, we talked about um, uh, Bezalel and Aholiab. I mean, one day they, they're just slaves in the desert. And the next day they knew how to work in gold. They knew how to work in oil. They, they built that tabernacle built the Ark of the Covenant, man. Craftsmen, I mean, beyond anything anybody had ever seen, particularly among them. Mm -hmm. But he dropped it in and on them. Now, get ready. Start seeking God. What's my part in this, sir? Yeah, that's I'm, right. I'm just a church member here. Do I have a part in it? You most certainly do. It's, it is the part of the whole body of Christ, not just a few preachers, not just here and there. We're, right. we're ringing the bell. That's our job. That's what we're supposed to do, but it doesn't rest on our shoulders. That's right. It, it's resting on the grace of God. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that, that is so important about a time like now, where God's really got some things going on, and He's, he's talked about what He's going to do, is as you look at every previous generation, most people missed the day of visitation because it wasn't what they expected and it wasn't what they looked like. That's right, isn't it? it when Jesus came, that was not the Messiah they thought. That, that wasn't the way they had it in they, their mind. They had it and they missed it. Yep. He wasn't yep. supposed to be born of a virgin. That, no, 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 that's, that's not our Messiah. And it, it, the first great awakening that we had in America that really built the nation, caused us to be an independent nation, was that it was a 40-year revival Nobody called it a revival essentially until after it was already done. And historians look back and said, that must have been a revival. Most folks that went through it didn't recognize it as they a did, day of did, visitation. Did. You, you, you've studied that outpouring more than, more than I have. Um, and I've, I've, I've put some time in studying it and so forth, but you, you went at it from your calling and anointing and ministry in the founding of the country, yeah. which it did. Mm -hmm. It did. But I noticed this uh, when I was at ORU and I was working with Brother Roberts in, in those meetings and so forth. They were in it. Yeah. And they got caught up in it. Yeah. It, it wasn't, they didn't, know, they didn't know near as much about it as we do now. But did it seem like that to you that, that all of a sudden, th th this is it, we're, we're in this yeah. thing. And then people had to look back at it and put some kind of definition on it. They did. And, and the, the thing that always tends to divide, there's several things that stand out. One is anytime a visitation comes, 
there will be a lot of opposition to it. And so the question is, how thick can your skin be? Can you stay focused yeah. on what you're supposed to stay and, and get criticized? Because when it was George Whitfield doing all the stuff he did, there were all sorts of books written about him, all sorts of preachers took him on, talked about how he was a heretic, how he, and there were all sorts of signs and wonders and manifestations and went with that, and a number of books were written on that. And the other side said, well, that's not of God, and that, that day has passed. We don't do this stuff anymore. And so there's always this opposition to push you out of being in, in that part of that day of visitation. Are you going to let the criticism move you away? Are you going to let the opposition move you away? Are you going to say, no? This is where God is, and I'm going to stay right here in the middle of this, and nobody's going to move me out of this. Nobody's going to talk me out of this. Nobody's going to harass me out of this. Because opposition is always, Jesus got plenty of opposition. His disciples got plenty of opposition. Everybody, so that's part of it. And, and that's part of the, the testing is, are you really committed to this? And if now, you are. Now, we know. Jesus said the sower sows the word. Satan is coming to, to steal. steal it. So wise up. That's right. I mean, he's coming. That's right, and there will be all sorts of ways. It, it may be your, your grandmother who, who chomps down and you never expect to get hit from her. And that's, that's an interesting thing. The attacks often come from people you didn't expect. You know, we're told in Psalms, my, my brother whom I've sat with has now become my enemy. And Jesus said, well, it's going to happen. The mother's going to be turned against the daughters and the father against, the, you know, that kind of stuff is out there. So you've got to be aware of unexpected attacks and coming from places that really kind of hurt you. That's all right. You make that choice. Yeah. We've been talking all week. Yeah. You got to choose. choose. I'm going to be. I choose to believe this, and here I stand. And the yeah. other thing that tends yeah. to go with it is, and, and, and I love this. Um, let me let me back up to the concept of wine for a little bit, because uh, you know I'm not a drinker, but the Bible talks in Psalm 104 about wine gladdens the hearts of men. And you have these passages in that. You have Judges 9. And so wine was designed to be something good that people enjoyed, they partook of. Um, you know, good wine connoisseurs, they'll smell the wine as well as taste it. And there's a great passage in where, where, where Jeremiah is prophesying to the nations. And he gets around to Moab and said, you know, Moab, God really had plans for you. But the problem you got, and this is Jeremiah 48, verse 11. He said, problem, nobody wants to be part of you anymore. Nobody, nobody likes the scent. Nobody likes your smell. And he likens them to wine. And he says, you're wine that's arrested on its lees. And most people don't have a clue what that means. But he says, because you've read, and I'll just, just read here out, out of that verse. He says, um, because, he says, you, you've gone into captivity because you have not been emptied from vessel to vessel and you have rested on your lees and your scent has not changed. And the deal is that when they made wine back then, and you know, they'd get in and stomp the wines or use the wine press, with the wine you would get little particles of wine skin that went with it. And that wine skin that was in the wine would make the wine really bitter. Nobody wanted to smell it or drink it, but the way you, you overcame that was you poured the wine from vessel to vessel. And mm -hmm. as long as you kept mm -hmm. it stirred up yeah. and kept it moving, yeah. as long as it was, and he said, the problem with and you... And then it got more pure and more pure. That's right. More pure. Yeah. He said, your yeah. problem is you've not, you've not been agitated. You've not been shaken. You, you've gotten comfortable. You've rested on your leaves. And the leaves are those little particles. You, you've just got it to where you've just settled in and you're real comfortable. Real, and there's nothing that agitates and, and shakes you around and moves you from vessel to vessel. And, and that's the new wineskins. Because if, if you go over to Matthew uh, 9, Jesus is talking about... The problem with old wineskins is they get brittle and they get mm -hmm. stiff and they can't handle new wine. 
Every visitation of God always comes with new ways of doing things. And you, I'm just not sure I'm used to that. You know, we've never done it that way before, and I'm just not sure. And so what happens is every single visitation of God, every revival that's ever happened, there have been new things introduced that were of God, but other people were comfortable with what they were used to and comfortable with what they're doing, and they're sitting in their ways. And those are the ones that always miss the benefit. We talked two days ago. God's going to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Nehemiah knows that, and he says, all right, guys, here's the deal. If you participate in this, then you're going to live inside the walls. If you refuse to participate, you're outside the walls. And that what happens every visitation of God. People end up outside the walls. They miss the visitation, miss the blessings, because they choose not to participate. And one of the reasons they choose not to participate is it introduces new things that they're not really comfortable with yet. And they're just not sure they want to mm -hmm. make those changes. Mm -hmm. And so as you go back into scriptures like Psalm 103, that the scripture says, uh, or Psalm 55, because they feared God, they changed. You get to the point where you're comfortable in yourself, you lose your fear of God, and you'll stop changing. You'll get set in your ways. And this is even and some... you can't stay still. Well, and, and that's right. You're going to go backwards. if you, if you There's no such thing as just sitting there static. It's, and, not in the spiritual realm. And, and in the spiritual realm. Like if you do, nobody wants to partake of you anymore. Nobody likes the way you smell. Nobody likes the way you taste. Nobody wants to be around you because you, you're just, you're not, you're not enjoyable as wine should have been. Well, and in that condition is where the devil steals the word out of you. Yeah. And that's right. Because then you let the ravens come in and you let those birds come in and steal stuff because you, you're not sure that really is seed and that's out there. And you're set up for disaster. Yeah. I noticed uh, over the years, I had the Lord say to me something like, uh, I'm thinking about one time the Lord instructed me to give this guy. He was just standing right outside the, the door of a restaurant there. I won't go into all the details, but the Lord said, I want you to give that man $20. So I just did it. I didn't think about it. I just did what the Lord said and prayed with him and laid hands on him and went on about my business. It wasn't no big deal, you know, mm -hmm. because I like that kind of thing. And I, I'm always listening to the Lord to do that because yeah. I enjoy it. And I, yeah. that's just part of my yeah. lifestyle. And uh, particularly in restaurants and places like that where you have a lot of opportunities to, to do something for somebody that they weren't expecting you to do and all that. Some years later, I just had an outstanding, unexpected suddenly to happen to me and something I hadn't even asked God for. And I said, oh, Lord. <laughs> I said, that's, that's just marvelous. And I'm, I'm thinking about this thing. I, I said, Lord, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't ask you for that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you're, just, you're so good to me and it just blessed me so and I'm, I'm praising the Lord and worshiping. I said, Lord, how did that work? Show me the workings of that. Mm -hmm. He said, well, I told you in, in Deuteronomy 28, these blessings would come on you and overtake you. you. Now he said, you just got overtook. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> I said, well, what? And as he began to talk to me about it, he said, the spiritual realm is like a fabric. There'll be a, a thread right. running through here 
and you'll find it connected here and it'll connect here and it'll connect here and connect here. And he brought to my mind that $20 bill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, this thing that had happened to me was up closer to $50,000, not $20, yeah. not even a hundredfold return on that $20. Yeah. And um, he said, if you hadn't done what I told you to do, the night you gave that man that $20, I could not have uh, completed this that I had planned for you. And David, I saw it. It wasn't based on the money amount. Right. It was based on something that he was working for this guy. He, he and he he had it, it was things that had been prayed over him and family mm-hmm. stuff and I don't know what all that God read. He needed somebody to do this because he's working on something here. Yep. He called on me and I just yep. with joy did it. Yep. But when it did it allowed God to say to the devil, no, no, you don't touch this deal. Uh-uh, this man's obedient to me here. I'm obedient to my word and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. He said, it put me in that, the place of blessing. He said, I stay in that place all the yes, time sir. if you'll just obey me. And, and that's the thing about being willing to listen yes. in things that are outside the box. Yes. Because that's not your typical thing, walk outside and give 20 bucks. I've been with you several times. I haven't seen you give 20 bucks to everybody you come up on. No. But if God tells you, then you do give it. that guy 20 bucks, you better do it because there is a sequence of events that goes all the way through this thing. Oh, and, David. And when you, when you, you start messing around back here and you get off course, you're going to have It'll show result. up down there It'll somewhere show up. and you don't know well, where it's You know, connected. you fly a plane. If you get off course <clears> one <throat> degree, that's not very much in 360 degrees, but you fly at four hours one degree off and you're going to miss your airport. You won't even see it. You won't even see the you, One degree off. If you get off course back here, it affects what goes on down here. And so God tells you, give 20 bucks to that guy. You better do stay it. on course. You better stay Just on course because if you don't, you'll be off course down here. The Lord said to me, he said, um, I, I, don't, I don't want you tipping ever again less than $5. Well, this was some years ago. And, and, and I, I said, okay. And so, I mean, and I said, um, ever? He said, yeah, ever. He said, if you go in and you order a, 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 a glass of iced tea, a one dollar glass of iced tea. One dollar glass of iced tea. The tip is five. Five. That's right. I said, "You got it, sir." Yep. Because when he says that, I'll always have the five dollars yes, wherever sir. I go. Hey, this has turned into some cases twenty, some cases a yeah. hundred. What are you doing? You're listening to him. He's using you to meet the needs of prayers that's that right. have come up before him. That's right. Well, it puts me over in that flow. Now. If I'm obedient when I hear tip $5 and I see the result, I'm living in the results of that all the time. Well, when he comes up to me and says, I am renewing your healing ministry, it's going to be bigger than it has ever been. It's going to be stronger. You're going to be busier. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to be busier and you're going to do this and that and the other, which he, he did just September last year, told me that. Renewed this healing ministry, renewed the strength of the anointing of God on me. And since then, 
I've been in situations where laid hands on 1,500, 2,000 people one time and a couple of thousand next time. And hey, that was rough when I was 35. Retirement didn't cross his mind. No, he never. Therefore, he, not, he never apologized to me for telling That's me right. to do That's it right. either. That's but right. But David, what happened when I agreed to do it the same way the five dollars right. was always there? Oh, I've been steadily getting stronger. I'm steadily mm -hmm. in an area of a renewing of my energy. Yep. Which I've always pushed the edge of the envelope on that, and I, I, I've disobeyed God a lot of times when I, I wouldn't stop and rest, and, and at least I learned some about mm -hmm. that. But I've noticed it here recently. More energy. More energy, more, more strength. That's right. My schedule looks like it did 30 years that's right. ago. That's right. And what's great about it, the anointing is at least tenfold stronger yeah. than it used to be. Yeah. That's what he's trying to get at. And you would have missed your day of visitation if you hadn't said yes to that. I would have. Because you could be very comfortable with what you're doing. I've already done this. I've done it for years. I know where I am. I know where the ministry is. Time for some of the kids to do it. Yeah, some and just, you know, Lord, come on. That, that's not an option he I gives I am you. tired. Exactly. I've got millions of miles on me, and I... I'm just tired. I don't go out there and lay hands on 12, 1,500, 2,000 people in a, in a service. It cost no me. No excuse. That's right. It cost me no serious energy. It cost me serious financially. That's right. It cost me serious in my physical health. That's right. And it's not God putting anything on me. Everything he commands you to do is for your benefit. It's my benefit. And if you say, no, I'm, I'm retired. And see, that's, that's what I hope people are getting because we got all these generations. But on the other end of this thing, on this, on this upper generation, you don't ever get to retire because God's invested. You know, one of the things that stood out to me, Dr. Benjamin Rush signed with the declaration in textbooks that he wrote told young people he said, if anybody ever asks you to run for office, you know, you've gone through, you, you've built your family, you, you've done your business, you, you've been successful, whatever, and they ask you to run for office, he said, private life is great. It's wonderful. It's wonderful being with your family, wonderful being with your kids. He said, but you're not allowed to say no if they ask you to run because your life doesn't belong to you. God That's didn't right. put you here to satisfy yourself. He <laughs> put you here. And so if the community says, we need your skill set in office, yes. you can't say no because you don't belong to you. And that's the mentality that the, that the senior generation's got to get, is yeah. they don't belong to themselves. All the years they've worked wasn't for them. We need you. That's right. We need you. Those kids need you. That next generation needs you. Thank New things you. need you. Brother David and I will be back in just a moment. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org slash notes.